Word for today, a ministry of Living Word Lutheran Church in Egan, Minnesota. It is our prayer that the message from God's Holy Word would bring a new and deeper love for Jesus in your life. Living Word Lutheran Church, I'm Pastor Nathan Olson. It's a blessing and a joy to come and to share God's Word with you today. Here at our church, we believe that every single time we come to hear God's Word, that something miraculous takes place. You see, this is not just like any ordinary book you would find on your shelf. This is the holy, inspired, inerrant word of God, true from cover to cover. And so because of that conviction of how we look at God's word, we understand that it's going to do a work in us. This is not from any human author alone. This is God's inspired word. And so we come with an expectancy. We come with the confidence and a hope that God is going to use his word in a powerful way in our lives to convict us of sin, point us to our Savior Jesus Christ, and teach us what it means to follow after him. It's our prayer that this service can be part of that for you, and that as you come and hear God's word, that he would be faithful to his promises to work in your heart and life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bow before you today. We ask, Father God, that you would come and do as you uh, promise to do through your word, that you would touch our hearts and lives and transform us to become more like you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Over the last couple months, we've been going through a series for our sermons called Do Not Be Afraid. And it seems so timely to walk through this together as a church because when we look at the world around us, there are many things that uh, try to make us live in fear. In fact, I would say that sometimes the news media, their, their job is just to sell fear, you know, to promulgate that and put it out there. But people are afraid of things like the economy, what's going to happen with their 401ks, their savings, what's going to happen with their jobs, if they're going to be able to keep their employment. People worry about their self-image, how they appear to others and how they come across. They worry about their friends, they worry about their families, they worry about so many things. And if I'm honest, there are things that I worry about too. All of us um, have life events that pop up that all of a sudden cause us to live in some anxiousness. And I think it's for that reason that throughout God's word, over and over again, both in the Old and New Testament, God is just continually reminding his people not to be afraid. In fact, it's one of the most frequently spoken imperatives from God to his people, not to be afraid. He is with them. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen, uphold you, etc. We see these kind of um, commands and admonitions all throughout the scripture. God coming to his people, encouraging them. And so what we've been doing over the last couple months is we've been looking at all the times that God says this. And today we are coming to the prophet Jeremiah. As far as we can tell, Jeremiah is one of the youngest prophets, uh, probably, probably the youngest. He prophesied during the time of Jerusalem and its captivity to Babylon. And uh, he was living amidst a very wicked nation. People that had really deserted the Lord, had decided to go their own way. And people that largely didn't listen to him. Uh, Jeremiah is sometimes referred to as the weeping prophet because throughout his whole ministry, nobody listens. You can imagine just how discouraging that would be. How dismayed you would be as a prophet or as a pastor if week after week you were preaching messages and no one ever listened to your messages. Now you kind of get to a point where you're like, why am I doing this? But Jeremiah remained faithful to the call of God and God used him 
uh, even despite all of this. And uh, we, we see in Jeremiah chapter 1, that's where we're going today, that there's a hard job ahead. And Jeremiah knew it. He knew he was going to a wicked nation. He knew that it was easy to be a messenger for God when people listened, but it was harder when they didn't. And so chapter 1 of Jeremiah is God's call to Jeremiah, and Jeremiah kind of wrestling through that call. Wrestling through that call and going, God, I'm not so sure that this is the right thing uh, and, and for me. And so that's where we're going to be looking today. And as you hear some of those things, you may be tempted to pause and go, wait a second, God would appoint Jeremiah to do something that was going to be hard? Something that would even make him cry or weep? And, and maybe that's a surprise to you that following God is not always an easy thing. But that's the fact. The fact is that God doesn't promise us some easy life. He doesn't say that following after him is going to make uh, everything easy. And somewhere along the line, the church has bought that lie. We've bought the lie from the devil that somehow following Jesus is going to make life easy. But we see the exact opposite. Following God is not always easy. Sometimes it's very unpleasant. But it is worth it. It is worth it. We have our gaze fixed on something more important, a more, more important thing than this life, and that's eternity, a place that we have forever. And once, we, once you get that kind of flipped in your mind, that this world and all there is isn't all there is, that there's an eternity ahead, it changes your perspective. And the sovereignty of God comes and stands as an encouragement both to Jeremiah and to us. A God who comes and says, Jeremiah, I'm in control. Don't worry about whether people listen to you, whether they harm you, whether they hate you, for I am in control. We're going to start at verse 4 of chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4, the call of Jeremiah. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I pointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, oh Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. I want you to notice just a few things as we come to this passage. God's sovereignty and his call of Jeremiah. Now we see in verses 4 through 5 that God knows what he's doing. And God's point to Jeremiah here is, Jeremiah, I know all about your life. I, I have a plan for you. This whole thing about you being a prophet, I've called you to it. I've appointed you to it. Uh, notice that statement there in verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. Now, this idea that God is putting forth for Jeremiah as an encouragement and an assurance for him is, Jeremiah, I have a plan for your life. Uh, the things that you're facing, the things that you're going to have come in front of you, they're not a surprise to me. They're not unknown to me. I know exactly what I'm doing. And sometimes we need to be reminded of that because when we look, we just see what's right in front of us. We don't know 20 years from now, 10 years from now, 5 years from now, but God does. You see, he sees the whole picture. He knows exactly what he's doing and all the details about our life. And so his invitation for Jeremiah 
and also for us, is just to step out in faith. Step out in faith and to trust him that he has a plan and that he's working everything out for his good. This theme of consecration and appointing is a consistent one throughout scripture, this God is in control. One of my favorite verses that kind of echo this theme of Jeremiah chapter 1 is from Psalm chapter 139 verse 16. It says, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, before any of them came to be. Not only is God decisively pro-life, but he is also sovereign over our lives. You see that same kind of theme in Jeremiah 1 echoed here, that in the, the plan of God, every one of the days of the psalmist was formed before any of them came to be. Uh, the psalmist's point is, God, you have a plan for every single day. Not, nothing that I'm going to walk through, nothing that's ahead of me is a surprise, but it's all according to your plan. And God is going to use it for his glory. And that's the same kind of thing that God is articulating here to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, every day of your life, I've been appointing it. I've been consecrating you for this plan and this purpose. And this stands as a word of comfort to Jeremiah. And hopefully it would stand as a word of comfort to you. Um, to just rest in the sovereignty of God. To rest in his control. To rest in his uh, appointment. And sometimes we look at the things in our life that are hard and difficult and we go, God, why are you allowing this? Why is this a part of my life? And that's a really good and reasonable question. Sometimes the answer is a good one. You know, maybe we can articulate it. Sometimes we can't. Sometimes we look at what we're going through and the harsh realities and go, I don't really know why I'm going through this. Um, most often, sometimes it's just a product of being in a broken world where sinful people hurt people. But God is not unaware of even the tools and tactics of the evil one. He is not unaware of even the effect of sin. And his promise and plan is to deliver us from this world of brokenness. And, and that he's going to use even those hard things in our life to grow us. This last week, our family came upon some kind of bad news some medical things that we've been having to work through that have been really hard for us. And it would be really tempting to throw up our hands and go, God, why are you allowing this? God, why is this happening? But as our family looks at all of these things, I've also seen that God has used it for his good, that he's used it to draw our family close together, to kind of bond together as a unit, and that he's giving us a, a perseverance and endurance through this, and an appreciation for the things that we have and not to take it for granted. All of these things are products of testing and suffering. And God uses even the hard things in our life for his glory. And even in those really tough ones for you, ones that you wonder, God, maybe I feel like a weeping person right now. I know what the answer can't be, friends. The answer can't be that God doesn't love us because when I look at the cross of Jesus, I'm reminded the one who came and died for us endured all kinds of suffering and affliction so that one day we wouldn't have to. Despite all of this sovereignty uh, business that we find here in verses 4 through 5, this thing that stands as an encouragement both to Jeremiah and for us, despite all of this, we see that Jeremiah is still terrified. He's afraid. And he does the excuse thing. I don't know if you've seen that before where 
you're asking somebody to do something or, or walking through something with someone and all of a sudden there's the excuse lines that come out. Now this most commonly happens with uh, teenagers especially where, hey, I need you to help me with this. Oh, I've got a lot of homework to do. Wait a second, where'd all this homework business come from? You were just playing some video games. Um, we see these excuse lines come out often and we see it here in verse 6. Jeremiah says, Ah, Lord God, behold, I don't know how to speak, for I'm only a youth. And uh, we're, we're sure good at these excuses, aren't we? Uh, I'm too young, God. I'm too old. I'm too inexperienced. To this or to that. And we just throw those lines out there very regularly. And as you think about the excuses that are easy to throw out there, my question for you today would just be to stop and pause and ask yourself, who's your God? Who's your God? Because when we make excuses, we are essentially making ourselves God. We are determining what our life can do or not do. We are determining our talents, our gifts, our calling. And, uh, even though we maybe say the right words, maybe we pray the right prayers, sometimes we still are acting like we are God. We get to make the decision. Um, Jeremiah kind of does that too. I love how he prefaces his excuse in verse 6. Do you see that? What does he say? Ah, Lord God. <laughs> this, is, this is God he's speaking to. And he even acknowledges that. He's prayed to God, talking to the Lord. He says, ah, Lord God, and then he has an excuse for why God is wrong. You know, God's coming to Jeremiah and saying, God, God, I have a plan for you, Jeremiah, and uh, this is kind of what I want you to do. I've appointed this for you before you were even born. And I give all these promises, etc. And then Jeremiah says, oh, I, don't, I don't think so, Lord. I don't think so. I, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. He makes excuses. And friends, before we get too down on Jeremiah, we have to realize that we do this too. God, I could never fill in the blank. And we let fear and uncertainty keep us from God's calling. But the reality, friends, is that God has a plan for our lives. God has a plan for our lives and it's his call. It's his appointing, his choosing. And if he's calling you towards something, I think he can probably handle it. If he's appointed you for something, I think he probably didn't make a mistake. Now, this is the God of the universe we're talking about, and I'm pretty sure he knows. The problem is, is that we often live like he doesn't. We live like we know the best. We live like we are functionally God, that we understand our life the best, and that our plans can't be disrupted. When we do that, friends, we get ourselves into a very dangerous position. Because anytime we're going to self-deify, anytime we're going to self-exalt, God is going to need to do a work to break us of that. And he's going to do a work to bring us to our knees to help us realize that we aren't really God. And that our plan is not as good as his plan. And that he has appointed us to something and, and that's going to happen. Uh, because he's God. And he can do whatever he wants. And so oftentimes when we get to that that dangerous place of um, putting out our plans first and making excuses. And we ought to be careful because God might come to you and say, ah, we need to chisel off some rough edges here to get you to a place where you're humbly ready 
for what's in store. And uh, we see that God comes to Jeremiah and he reaffirms the call. He graciously reminds Jeremiah who's really the boss. And uh, he kind of rebukes Jeremiah a little bit. We see this in verse 7. The Lord said to me, don't say I'm only a youth. For to all whom I send you, you will go. And whatever I command you, you will speak. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. God's promise we see here to Jeremiah is, Jeremiah, it's not about you. It's not about you. We have this temptation in our life to make excuses, and when we do that, we make it all about us. And God's more concerned, frankly, about his ability than ours. Um, he's, he's not so concerned whether or not you think that you're too young or old or inexperienced or whatever. Um, he's, he's actually the one who's going to come and use your life and equip you and gift you for what he has appointed you for. We see so many different things here, starting in verse 7, just the Lord um, confronting those excuses, and then just gently but firmly appointing Jeremiah to go. To everyone who I send you, you will go. Whatever I command you, you will speak. And then we come to the line of, do not be afraid, that we kind of have used as our hallmark all along. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you. And God's so gracious with us. I don't know if you've sensed that as you look at Jeremiah chapter 1 here, but even though you have someone who's terrified, afraid, makes excuses, um, essentially tells God, hey God, I don't know if your plan's so great. God is gracious with us. He's firm, but gracious. And his promise doesn't fail. His promise doesn't go away based on our inadequacies. But he continues to remind Jeremiah that he's with him. I am here to deliver you. I have put my words in your mouth. I am going to be watching over you in this message. Jeremiah, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's more about God's ability and his use for our lives than ours. You see, Jeremiah isn't the one who is in charge of making himself a prophet. It wasn't this call that Jeremiah had to somehow figure out and wrap his brain around and make sure that he was able to handle it. But God was just telling Jeremiah, this is my plan. This is what I'm going to do. I'm with you, providing for you what you need to do the work of the Lord. And I wonder often sometimes if, if this is why God doesn't always tell us what's ahead. Because sometimes I think if we knew too much of what was ahead for our lives, we would run away. We'd be like Jonah and go hide in a, in, a, in a boat somewhere, sail the opposite direction. We'd be like Jeremiah and just would make excuse after excuse. It would terrify us. But God comes to Jeremiah and reminds Jeremiah that he is with him. That it's God's ability and God's working that is going to bring this about. So you think about the story of Jeremiah and his calling to be a prophet. I want you to stop and think today about what application there might be for our lives. How do we look at the story here of Jeremiah's call to the ministry? And how do we see ourselves interacting with this story? 
And certainly not all of us have been called into vocational ministry as a spokesperson for the Lord. And so how does this resonate with us? Well, what we see throughout the Bible is that God gives a variety of different callings. We hear in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul writes and say that God's called people to a variety of roles. And so whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. Colossians 3.23. And so um, maybe you're not called to be a vocational prophet, but maybe you've been called into a different role, a different function. And you've been placed in a certain neighborhood. You've been put in a certain kind of employment. You have certain family members that you are a brother to or a father to or whatever. You've been put in different roles or statuses in life. And God's desire is in all of those appointments that you would glorify him. But that also you would step back and recognize that your ability to glorify God in those roles isn't based on you. That God's desire is to come and to do a work in your life irregardless of yourself. He wants to bless those around you. He wants to minister through you to those individuals. And it's my prayer as a pastor that he would open up your eyes to the callings of life that you have and that he would assure you, just like he does for Jeremiah here, that he is with you. He doesn't abandon you in those things. He doesn't do it whimsically and say, oh, I guess, I guess this is a role you found yourself in life. No, God comes to use you as his light to the world, as his witness in that field of life. And that his promise, just like for Jeremiah, is that he is going to be with you, that he is going to deliver you, and that he is going to put his words in your mouth to speak his truth to those that you come in contact with. And God does this for us also. And so as we continue in this series of Do Not Be Afraid, we see that God conquers our fear with his control and his calling. That he comes and he conquers our fear with his control and his calling. It's our prayer that God would open up your eyes to this today. That you would live not in fear, but in faith. Trusting in the Lord and his provision for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for a chance to look at your word today. To look at these truths. I pray for my friends who are listening. That you would continue to anchor these deep inside their hearts. That they would stand amazed at who you are, God. That you are a God who hears and cares. That equips and defends. That delivers and calls. Even to things in life that maybe we would be uncomfortable with but that you don't do it by mistake, you don't do it by accident, but that you come to do a marvelous work in our life through these things. May you help us to live in faith and trust in you, whatever may be ahead, uh, whatever uncertainties there may be that lie in front of us, help us to trust in you wholeheartedly, to walk by faith, not by sight. All these things, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for today. If you are impacted by the message you've heard, please consider donating to the Ministry of Living Word Lutheran Church by visiting www.livingwordaflc.org.